You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. That's correct. That was my grandfather, Irv Rosenbaum, when I went out to Florida to visit him. I love that guy. He's 93, suffering from Alzheimer's. So support Alzheimer's. Go online. Uh, donate. We got to find a cure for that for sure. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the show. As I always say, um, I have loyal fans out there, loyal listeners. I see you at conventions. Um, it really helps when you tell your friends and they tell their friends about the show. So subscribe. Please get people to subscribe. I sound desperate. Tyler's here with me today. Rob's not around. Tyler, uh, we just want to get more listeners. We want to, we want to build it and build it. We need, uh, we need the help of our friends here. Yeah, for sure. I think you guys need a hashtag. Hashtag help. Yeah, hashtag help Michael. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it. And uh, just spreading the word. We had a great show tonight, as always, or today. Depends on when you're listening to it. But Kevin Nealon, Saturday Night Live, Hans and Franz. Remember, subliminal guy. I don't know. You were a little too young, Tyler. But he was the guy who would like go out with a girl. You're like, no, I don't know. Maybe we can go out to dinner. I don't know. Maybe get some dessert, hot sex. And maybe you just see what else happens the rest of the night, hot sex. And uh, he, uh, he was amazing. He lounged here. He uh, took a nap, I think, during some point of the interview. We talked about everything. I really felt like he thought he was my therapist, and he said at one point that he wanted to help me. I could genuinely can see, I, I could see concern in his eyes, Tyler, that I needed help. Like he, he wanted to help me. He goes, Michael, I, I want to help you. Did you guys get there? Did he solve all your issues? Um, he didn't solve all, all of them, but uh, I think every guest I have uh, takes the pain away just a little. I have a great life. I have all this, but you know, we, we have demons, and we try to uh, get rid of them. So uh, why don't we get inside of Kevin Nealon? It's my point of view, you're listening to Inside of You, with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Who did you listen to growing up? What were some of the concerts you went to? Um, Chicago. Big Chicago. Yeah, me fan. too. Chicago and Beach Boys. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, I love the Beach Boys. Chicago is probably my favorite of all time because I just remember as a little boy, you know, dad broke in a Thunderbird and me in the backseat driving from state to state and hearing, if you leave me now. Yeah. And very nostalgic. Oh, yeah. 79 Thunderbird. Yeah. He had that until probably 04. He kept it around. He did. I think that's why I keep. I have a van out front. I don't know if you noticed or if you were creeped out at all. No, I didn't see it. You didn't see it? No. Yeah, you parked right oh, next I parked to next it. Parked next to it. Yeah. All right. Are you worried out by him taking pictures? No, you're not. No, I've had that done before. You have? Yeah. Thank you so much for the coffee. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. I got to cut back on the coffee, man. Do you, do you drink too much coffee? I drink too much coffee, and and I don't want. I don't want to start waiting in lines at Starbucks for coffee. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but you know what it is. I noticed. That you know you're a stand-up comedian. It's got to be the worst job in terms of you're always tired. You're always out late. Every time I saw you at the clubs doing stand-up, I remember that one night I was actually honored. You go, hey, Mike, would you mind if I go in front of you? I'm going to do it anyway. I said that. You you asked. It's like I'm like Kevin Nealon. This guy's a legend. He's asking me if he can go in front of me. Yeah, probably because I couldn't stay up late that night. I think I've had a lot of guests on the show. How long you been doing this? Eight years. Uh, eight years. No, since really since June, I guess of last year was when we really kicked in. That was like like the real. You got the nice mics and everything, man. Yeah, we do, we do it right, and I, you know we were doing video, and I was like, you know, it doesn't. People don't get really they don't they don't get intimate when you have videos as much, right? If there was a video camera here, would you feel a little like uh, it was too much? Well, it's funny when you do radio uh, interviews and stuff. You know what it's like? They'll have like a, a a camera there, and you forget about it after a while. 
You forget that it's there. So you're saying I should have cameras. You really should document all of this, especially to capture this little library entertainment room. You're a collector, man. I, I feel for you because you become a, when you collect anything, you become a slave to it, don't you? Well, I'm not a hoarder. No, but you're close to it. <laughs> you're clo- uh, only because you have a little more shelf space in here left. Still, <laughs> no. Listen, listen. I am very good about discarding things. That was from Smallville. That that's a mask I wore when I. That's myself. where I know you from. How dare you, sir? <laughs> By the way, you know where we met. I don't remember exactly where it was. Carrie Fisher's house. That's right. And we started seeing each other more and more. And you're like, oh, you know, I, I'd say, hey, Kev, good to see you. Oh, you go, oh yeah, 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 I remember, yeah. You, you know. But you were like 17 or something. No, no, no. I'm 47, so I was probably, you know, she kind of saved me. I was, uh, you know, I was drinking a lot. I was doing, you know, her daughter, Billy, was uh, a fan of the show at the time. And so I sent her an autograph. And she sent me a picture of her from Return of the Jedi, you know, when she's almost naked. And it's in my office. It says, blow me, Carrie. And we just became friends, and so she would say, oh, my God, I'm having a party. Come over, and then that's how it all began. Yeah, those I, parties were amazing, weren't they, in that house? H- how would you explain to people who don't know Carrie Fisher, which is most people? Well, I will. I have a similar story to you. I, I used to collect um, memorabilia for auction items, whereas you collect it to keep for yourself. I collect it to give to, you know, to charities. The Psychology Today magazine came out with Carrie Fisher's picture on the front of it, talking about bipolarism. And I asked her if she would sign it as an auction item. She said, sure. She signed it. I looked at it later. It says, you're an asshole, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> that was for charity. Yeah. So, so needless to sell, say, I kept sell? it. I kept it. You kept it. I've kept a lot of things that I got autographs for, uh, for charities. Like when I was in SNL, that's where you should have said, oh, that's where I know you from. <laughs> but anyway, um, I asked Kurt Cobain, and I had one of the PAs run down and get me like an unauthorized Biography, you know, autobiography or biography of uh, Kurt Cobain. Right. I would do that. I did that for Paul McCartney too. He, when he was on, I had the PA go down and get a couple of albums, you know, like that, that Paul signed for me. You have and, Paul McCartney's autograph? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got his autograph. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so I come, he comes back with a book. It's an unauthorized biography of Kurt Cobain. And I asked Kurt if he would sign it. He's walking down the hallway, Studio 8H. And yeah, he said, sure. And he signed it, he wrote in it, and he gave it back to me. I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it for about, you know. Until he died? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe till he died. And uh, and it looked like a third grader was writing in it. It said, I am not Liberace, comma, Kurt Cobain. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know what that meant, but. Do you have it up in your, oh, look. So uh, Rob got this at a bookstore, a signed copy of your book. I bought a used What is copy it called? You're pregnant? pregnant? Yeah. That's funny. And it's autographed. Is that really your autograph? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It says uh, the name of the book is "Yes, You're Pregnant," but what about me? Right. When my wife was pregnant, yeah. I had a book deal. I didn't know what to write about, and then she got <laughs> pregnant. I thought, well, I'm certainly kind of journaling a lot about this. Maybe I should write about my feelings, like going through a pregnancy, right? As the husband, and uh, and I would always I would sign these books uh, to people. I always put "Use protection." Is that what he says? Yep. To Josephine and Garth, use protection. And they sold this book. Wait, what's this say down here? Please, please use the right rubber. I don't know what that, who signed that. That's maybe, not me. Maybe it's just their friend. Maybe somebody resold it and signed it for somebody them. Resold and said, but that's your autograph. Yeah, it's come full circle back to me. Back to yeah, Rob. You Look can at, have it. There it is. Now, how many of those? Do you still have a lot of those books at your house? No, I have none left. You don't really collect anything. I try not to. I I have guitars that accumulate in my house. You know that I somehow get, but I'm not looking for them. Maybe a couple of them I I kind of you know had made for me. 
I just feel like it's such, you become a slave to it. Like if you collect snow globes or, you know, whatever, people then will start sending it to you. You know, like they I don't, And then I you have nowhere to put it. And then you feel like if you go somewhere, you got to get something. Well, first of all, I think there's always room for a snow globe. Well, totally, yeah. You yeah. know, they're small usually. Yeah, I mean, just think if there's ever like a drought, you always have that water in the snow globe to drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, now you, you made me a little self-conscious because I do have like these. You see a lot of hockey jerseys. There's probably 10 hockey jerseys. But like I haven't I haven't got uh, received a hockey jersey in a long time. This is a, a Brett Burns. He's my buddy. Usually they're friends or heroes of mine that I've played with in a charity game or whatever. And so I put them up. So I Are you from Canada? No, but I my dad. How used do you to play sh- hockey? Well, I. Well, I we, we, yeah, it's very true, right? My dad was president of the hockey league in Indiana, and so he used oh, to wow. ship me up to camp, hockey camp in oh, Canada. Nice. nice. Um, I said Indi- Indiana to uh, Canada, so that's how I got. I got better, but I realized I I wasn't good enough, even though I got like part scholarship offer to to play hockey. I I realized at a young age, I was decent where I was from, but yeah. the, the the level of uh, you know. The, play, the players are just so much better in Canada. Yeah, man. I used to love playing hockey growing up. I grew up in Connecticut on a lake um, in southern Connecticut. The lake would freeze. The coves would freeze during the winter. Even the whole lake would freeze sometimes. But we'd play hockey in the coves. we shovel the snow off the ice. And I had hockey skates. And I just loved every winter. I would love I would go down and see what the new hockey sticks look like. And eventually, they started getting laminated. And they started curving the yeah. uh, stick a little bit. Yep. You know? And I thought, wow, this is cool, man. I'm getting one of these. When's the last time you skated? Um, a couple of months ago, you you skated, yeah, but not I hockey. Skate. You don't play not hockey. hockey no, no. I didn't even know. I, I should have assumed that you were an athlete, but you were like a quarterback in college. Well, you've played some sports. You're an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I played um, soccer in college for three years. I played rugby for three years, and I played uh, football for one season at Fairfield University. Now, I saw you hop out of your Tesla about 20 minutes ago, and you looked pretty smooth. Like, you didn't look like you were struggling. For someone who plays sports their whole life, I struggle. I've had a lot of surgeries. Have you really? What, had, what did you have done? I just had an artificial disc put in my neck three months ago. I have had uh, two fusions, five back surgeries. Because you want to be taller? Is that what you're yes, doing? Yes. Yes, I'm trying to grow a few inches. You weren't hurting at all. You just wanted to be taller. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. An artificial disc, meaning yeah, like yeah. some kind of a ceramic or plastic yeah, or it's titanium? A, yeah, it's titanium, and they put it in your, you know, through, they go through your throat, the front of it. So they move all your esophagus or whatever the hell they do. I'm not a doctor. I think uh, up there is the stomach, I think, and the neck. Is that what it is? is it? Yeah, I'm not a doctor. You could be right. right. Yeah. It's the f- larynx. The larynx. Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel now? Uh, fair to horseshit. Really? Uh, you know, um, it was a it was more traumatic than they thought. They took the disc out. There was a lot of uh, nerves rattled, and so now I got some nerve pain. So they're they're saying it was sort of, you know, I'll have a couple more months and I'll be good to go. But I was I was hoping that I, you know, I'm swimming. I'm doing a lot. I work. What are you looking at me for, Rob? You're judging me. But what are you? What are you like? Fifty three now. I'm forty six. Forty six. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. I was off a little bit. Yes. But is it? <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this. By the way, you like the Carrie Fisher? She gave me that. I saw that. That's amazing. She goes, "Hey, take this." I go, "What do you want me to put it?" She goes, "Take it. You like this shit?" That's the Force Awakens chair. Isn't that <laughs> I cool? Know. Uh, so cool. She was the best. Her huh? ass was on that chair. Her ass was on that chair many times. Yeah. But I look at you and I'm thinking, I wonder if he's like me, where you just. Do you miss the days where you want you want to get out and play football? You want to get out and do this, but you're like, you know what? I just shouldn't do that. Well, I used to play basketball a lot, you know, with buddies like Gary Shanley and stuff. We Sandler, right? Yeah, Sandler. And I played a lot. And um, and just recently, I've just realized I can't play anymore. Like you say, I get out of that car smoothly. 
First of all, for a tall person to get out of that car is hard because the way they're designed. And why'd you buy that? Um, because I like the way they look. It's comfortable inside. I thought I'd never have to get out of it. <laughs> but I did. I, I found out today I had to get out of it. Because until I came here today, I was in that car for the last three years. Talk about hoarding. <laughs> Do you ever go buy a car that's got so much crap in it? You know, the guy lives in there and it's just like, just hoarding. They've got styrofoam cups everywhere and... So anyway, so um, I'm driving over here with an ice pack. It's, come on. Yeah. Is this true? Yeah. This part's true. Yeah. This is true, man. I'm, I'm a walking walk structure of, of ailments. I don't smile <clears> often. <throat> Thank you. You know what it is? It's just patchwork as you get older. You just keep repairing stuff. It's like an old apartment building. You just got to keep fixing it, you know? That's right. Yeah. Now, I got to tell you. Like, uh, I, I'm happy to have you here. Like, you're one of the, like, I've, I've, I'm excited to have certain guests. Kristen Bell was on here and, you know, a lot of big guests. But to me, I was watching SNL. I was watching you. I just was always like, this guy is brilliant. I've seen your stand-up. I've seen you. You know, I'm not going to sit here and kiss your ass. I mean, I sort of am right now. But, you know, I always just really <laughs> thought you were a funny guy, like naturally just funny. Were you always... Like the goofball, were you always, because you look, you were the quarterback, you had to get laid a lot, you're probably cool at some point in your life. I mean, you're still cool. Right, right. But you know what I mean? I well, mean, we, first of all, A, you are right, I am funny. Uh, B, um, did not get laid a lot. Is that true? Or are you just, just saying true. that to me? No, that's true. That's true. I, I was, didn't get laid a lot. Were you raised Jewish, right? I wasn't really raised Jewish. I had a bar mitzvah, but that was just for the money. Yeah, for me, I was raised with that whole thing about you got to uh, go by the book and make sure you don't get anybody pregnant. It'll ruin your life. So I had a fear in me. You know, oh, so the Catholic, really raised, raised Catholic. That. Yeah. Grab that pillow, put it behind your head. You're making me uncomfortable. Oh. I think you're going to be more comfortable with that behind your really? head. Yeah. You I hope a, a jersey does Do you have a blanket? Well, I just feel like I want you to be comfortable. How that's is that? Right. Oh, that's nice, man. You're right. Here, put a blanket over, Kevin. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Maybe oh, get a picture of Kevin napping during this yeah. podcast. I think that'd be really Will you nice. wake me up when it's over? Sure. <laughs> sure. So now we're gonna start my meditation app. Kevin. This would be a good therapist's office up here. Wouldn't it? Yeah. What was that thing you talked about on Stern about the uh where you're being hypnotized? You mean the Sandler thing we recorded? Oh yeah. The hypnotist. Uh, uh, that was that's yeah, what the it was. You ever listen hypnotist. to that, Rob? It's been told a million times. Just fucking listen to it. It's brilliant. Are you doing stand up still? You know, I went up like 50 times last year and I was just like, you know, I, I, here's my problem. I felt like for someone who was just starting, I, I'm going to toot my own horn. I felt like, Hey, you're doing a good job for, you know, just starting, you know, going yeah, you were up. getting spots and everything. Yeah. And I was like, you know, people were laughing. I didn't think I was sucking. Are you, can you, can you get him another coffee? I think he's asleep. Uh, but you know, I was, I was intimidated. I was intimidated by the likes of you and Joe Rogan and all these guys. And so what happened was I felt like I was in fight or flight every day. I'd wake up and I'd be stressed out. Well, isn't that the the role of a comic anyway? Right. You don't seem like that. Oh, I mean, look at you. You're sleeping here. No, people always say, you know what? How do you get laughs? It was all fear based. Come on. It's all like fear like me. It's like me and and think I'm funny. You still have that? Sort of. You yeah. still go up on stage and go, please like this, please like me. Well, I think I think subconsciously I'm thinking that. Of course, I'm not thinking don't like this. You know, I'm thinking like this, like me. Were you ever like incredibly nervous where it was impeding on your set or impeding on getting up? Sometimes I would like honestly, when you guys are in the green room and everybody's talking and laughing, sometimes I would go to the bathroom and quietly throw up. 
<laughs> and and just act cool because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm one of you guys. I'm cool. Yeah. But I wasn't cool. So I felt like I didn't fit in we all exactly. Saw that. We but all saw you, that. Did you? Yeah, yeah, we saw right through that. <laughs> <laughs> I believed it. See? Yo, but, by the way, how do you throw up quietly? I have the loudest <laughs> throw up. It's you, like <laughs> I mean it's loud. You puke like my little puppy. Yeah, I mean it comes it's projectile too. Uh, because it's like it's one of it's a gag thing. It's like, you know, it wasn't a full on but it was like, why am I throwing up? I don't like this feeling. And people are like, hey, dude, you can throw up. This is what people do. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories. You know, I'd go to the bathroom a lot. And then I'd have a little whiskey, and I'd go up, and I'd do 20 minutes. And then afterwards, I'd go, oh, my God, let's go to Mel's Diner. I yeah. feel great. Yeah. This is a great feeling. And I wouldn't get to bed till 2, and I'd wake up, and I'd have the same feeling. that you think a normal person would be like, hey, you did well. I get it, man. Why would yeah. why would that fear kind of go away after a while? Because it does. It's like anything else. Like I had claustrophobia for a while. I got it at SNL when they were making a Jay Leno mask on me, a plaster mask, and I just it got really hard the plaster, and then you know, got started getting hot, and I just kind of freaked out. And I passed out in the chair, and uh, and then um, I said, well, let's try it again because I don't want to you know have that feeling again. So they kept my hands outside the plastic. They turned the radio up loud. I almost had it again. But from that, I developed claustrophobia. I got stuck in subways in between you know, platforms. I get really freaked out and couldn't go places. Wait a minute. But you said you faced your fear and let's do it again with the mask. And you think that would help you overcome it. it that's what I thought. But I think I was still kind of, kind of rattled from the first one. And that uh, was a carryover into my life where I, I couldn't go places. If I had too many layers of clothes on, I would get a little nervous because I feel like I couldn't get them off in time, you know? Or it got to the point where I was starting to get um, agoraphobic. I would drive from my house and I'd see traffic on the other side of the freeway backed up. And I'd think, oh my God, how am I going to get back? So I went to see a doctor in the valley and uh, he taught me breathing methods. But also the big takeaway was you got you can't avoid the things that scare you. You got to keep doing it. And I would get on elevators. You know, I'd get on planes. I'd get in, you know, small, you know, rooms that I had to stay in, you know, until this thing was over or whatever it was. But that's what I'm saying about comedy I had the same fear as you. I was in the bathroom all the time. I was pacing, you know. Uh, Do I, I know my I material? Runs. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I was young, that much younger at the time, so everybody else was experienced and, you know, there was agents and stuff. But anyway, I kept getting up, kept getting up, and that was the best advice somebody gave me when I started it. He said, get up as often as you can. Just keep getting up. So that's what I did. So you're saying that, you you were claustrophobic and you go and kept facing your fear. Yeah. And that was your doctor's suggestion. Yeah. And you listened to him, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I went to a behavioral therapist, Kevin, and he's like, just, which I don't understand. I, I've been on stage. For what? A behavioral therapist because for, of fear of stand-up? For just like, why do I have this fear? Why do I feel this way? Why I can't come? And he came up with the conclusion, he goes, because you're a perfectionist. You can't fail. You, in your head, you have to be either great or nothing. And it's it's a fantasy that's not real. And you need to fail. You need to learn to fail. You need to embrace failure. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, 
stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp as menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's neutrafall.com promo code inside inside of you is brought to you by factor i love factor meals ryan do you know this yes why do you know this because i've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some and you've had them and i've had them and you love them i do because i asked you every time mm -hmm. um look i spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that i buy or too many leftovers and it's just i waste so much money and you know factor meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals like 35 different meals more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week and it takes just two minutes so it doesn't matter how busy you are it's two minutes to cook this stuff you always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's, it's perfect for my lifestyle. And I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. 
Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Were you a good boy growing up? Could you handle criticism if people yelled at you? Oh my God. Let's, let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> no, I want you to do this. Too. Only because my son is like that. I just went to a teacher's conference this morning and, and she said he's, you know, he's rebellious, not rebellious. No, the opposite. He's a rule follower. He wants to please. And he's, you know, if he gets yelled at, it's really brutal. I'm someone who's always sort of like lashed out and did things that just kind of pissed people off. Oh, so you were rebellious. I was a little rebellious. And well, how that was sense, that being a perfectionist? I followed the law. I followed yeah. my dad's rules. I was a good kid. Didn't kill anybody. But it was so overwhelming. And he was so, no, I didn't kill anybody. But he was so like hard on me, you know? Never, ever did I hear the words, I am proud of you. You're good. You're smart. You're nothing. I mean, when I say zero, I'm not like complaining because I'm an adult now. But I never got that. And what I did get was like, Dad, I got three goals in that hockey game. It's like, well, it was a weak goalie. Oh, so that's the, what I had my whole life. But I managed to go do tons of theater in college, movies, TV, all this yeah. stuff. So, But I've always had that fear. Even after like seven seasons on Smallville, even I would get nervous. No, no. They thought I was Mr. Confidence. I'm the guy who's going to get all the dialogue. But yeah. I'm like always, always like so much energy is expelled because I'm – you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why you collect stuff. It gives you a sense of control. Look, I'm not a therapist, but I'm going to charge you for one. But I want you to help me out here. This is this is interesting because you, I didn't know you had. I, I look at you, somebody's like, oh, God, this guy's had confidence his whole life. I think that's the way uh, we perceive a lot of people. We think they got it all together. And then if you get to know them, you realize they're struggling just like everybody else. Do you still struggle? Um, with certain things, yeah. What do you, what do you struggle with? Sometimes... I'm constipated, you know, I struggle with that. <laughs> I think we all struggle. No, struggle. um, <laughs> you know, I don't, you don't know. Um, Are you a guy that gets I think, personal? I, I think, think time management is my struggle. Time management. Like yeah. you do too much. Like you, you said you do this podcast, but you don't have time for it. Exactly. I'm driving over thinking, why did I tell him? Yes. Why did I say, I don't have the time today. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's all true. There's no parking on the street. <laughs> There's no parking on the street. He's a hoarder. Yeah. He'll probably put me on a shelf. Um, but yeah, I think time, uh, I try to do too much in one day, I think. I, I, I have a, for some reason, I have this real desire to cre keep creating and, and just keep accomplishing things. But isn't that exhausting? It's you know what else? It's not enjoyable because I'm not watching any kind of shows on TV. I'm not you know everybody's talking about different shows on TV. I'm like doing this. I'm editing that. I'm writing that. I'm drawing this. You know. But like, how old are you? Sixty-five. No. Yeah. Rob, look at him. <laughs> you look. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. You get facials. You have to get your skin's really facials. good. I you don't. have almost no wrinkles. You know what it is? What is it? Um, it's a lot of sex. No, it's uh, night cream. I, I put that on too. Yeah, what is yours made out of? Uh, moisturizer. No, any sperm? I, I, I hope not. <laughs> oh, but if it's working, <laughs> I'll fuck it. Yeah, uh, if yeah. it works, I, you know it's. But I look at you and I'm like going, 
You, you don't look 65. My dad, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Yeah. He's 66. God, he's old. 67. He's 67. Oh, he's older. You're 10 years younger looking. I'm not, I swear to God, would you say that? Yeah, I agree. Look at the yeah. guy. Well, you're looking at a boring life. I know. I go to bed pretty early. No, you just said you, your days are filled. Yeah, Kevin. they are filled, but not filled with liquor, not filled with sitting out You don't sun. drink. I have a couple, you know, a glass of wine every once in a while. You smoke pot? No. Well, you're on that show Weeds. Yeah. But, you know, the people in the, in the, in the uh, Sopranos didn't kill people. <laughs> you know, it's fake. <laughs> I'm aware of that. <laughs> but I look at you and you're saying, you're, you know, it, 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 for a second, I'm like, you don't watch TV shows. You don't, you just focus on creating and doing this. But don't you feel like all But I do sudden, enjoy that too, by the way. You do, but yeah. don't, aren't you like, can you just vacation? Can you just do nothing? Can you just be present? Yeah. I'm going skiing tomorrow for the weekend. Who are you going with? My son. Really? He's 12. You guys are close? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. You got to have a kid. How old are you? I'm 46. Are you 46? You don't look 46. Yeah, you're just saying that. I got a brother who's 57, <laughs> and you look at least a year younger than him. <laughs> oh my god that hurts i put this bomb this uh no you, CBD you look good bomb. too you look good too you take care of yourself well you know i try to but i had stop mo- drinking well i don't i'm not a big drinker i don't smoke i don't you know i don't do many drugs you exercise i smoke a little bit uh i i do exercise Smokes tobacco occasionally i have a cigarette did you ever smoke no see that's probably really good for you you know why i don't smoke I know you didn't smoke i heard it causes cancer yeah and that's something i don't want it's pretty logical, isn't it, Rob? If you just think about, hey, I don't know what is it with younger people. I hate to sound like an old guy, but a lot of younger you look Europeans good, also yeah. smoke a lot. Yeah, they didn't get the message. No, you know things happen like twenty years later over there. I guess, man. I see you have a lot of books on your bookshelf here. Yeah, are these just for show? Yeah, there's nothing. No, on the inside. no, that's not true. That's not true. I will tell you some of the books there. My my uncle Dave wrote yeah. a book called uh, Miami Ice. About the Florida Marlins, um, that's a great book. If they don't win, it's a shame. It was another Dave Rosenbaum book. You're a baseball fan. Uh, I like baseball, but he likes it more. He wrote the book. You know, friends who have written books here. I like like Brando. That was my uh, college graduation present. My parents got me Marlon Brando. I was really upset because I wanted a, I wanted a car. Did he sign it? My well, not Brando. My parents signed it. I think my mom signed it. And uh, have you read it yet? Yeah, no, I read this. But this was my present. I was expecting a car. And it says, Michael, congratulations on your college graduation. Hope you're as famous as Brando someday. Love, mom and dad. P.S. Once again, that goalie was weak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, P.S. Weak goalie. Weak goalie. But I like history. You know, John Adams. uh, You know, I like, uh, I I definitely like, I watch a lot of documentaries on Hitler. I have a book sitting on my windowsill that I can't wait to read. What is it called? It is a biography on Leonardo da Vinci. Really? By, I think, the guy that wrote John Adams, David McCullough. McCullough. Yeah. I think that's him. Rob, look that up. Rob, what are you doing? <laughs> get on that. Look, get on that, man. He's 29. He's already got a kid. You're talking about. You got a kid already? A 29? Two, a two-year-old. Wow. Jesus. You right? sure you're the father? think so he looks a lot like me i'm 46 no kids do you want kids though well wait a minute you were 53 when you had your first Correct. right so i there's still hope for me oh god yeah did you ever think no way i'm too old to have kids i'm not gonna have kids i feel like shit i was starting to question whether i would i didn't feel like 
I felt pretty good, but yeah. So you're a deep thinker, aren't you? Sometimes. You like to get deep, but you like to have conversations. You like trivial shit. Like, we, you know, we're talking about some deep stuff, I guess. But do you talk about stupid things? Are you immature Always. at all? Have you ever oh, been yeah, immature? Yeah. I'm juvenile. Are you juvenile? Yeah. yeah you Are know. you a great listener? Yeah. Do you re- sometimes I zone out. Yeah. Like now? No, I'm really, for, for some reason, I'm really tuned in. Well, I wanted to get deep, man. Well, we haven't really gotten deep. But, you know, look, I talked to you about this before. Saturday Night Live. You talk about that all the time. Who is the funniest person you think ever on Saturday Night Live? If you have to say, because look, first don't of worry. All, I Sandler's hate, not going to listen to this. All, you hate I, that question? I hate that when they, like Rolling Stone, they rank everybody. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that with comedy because it's subjective. Somebody said, you know, if they said, do you think Top's funny? Does he make people laugh? Is he making a great living from it? Then, yeah, he's funny. Well, you know? okay, well, I'll give you an analogy. If somebody said, hey, who is the nicest person on Smallville? I could answer that. Since you worked on SNL, couldn't isn't that like your employee, fellow employees? I could tell you the people that I like hung out with and I enjoyed their company and but not necessarily the funniest person or you know. Who would you go is there anyone you'd go see because you're just like I want to because I'm going to laugh. They're going to make me laugh. I want to go see the rehearsal. I want to go see whatever it is. I want to always watch this person. Was there some of those? Yeah, there's a few of those people, you know. Um Sure, Dana Carvey, of course, and my my batch right there, and Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Uh, everybody's got a son, you know, Spade. Everybody's really funny in their own way, uh, and that's the thing about yeah. comedy. You, you can't just have one that you like because you know you get tired of that. You need to have a little, you know. You don't collect just Star Wars stuff. You collect a lot of stuff. Yeah, also Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead. What if in your basement you had like faces of real people that you collected? <laughs> And they were autographed by them too. And you found out about it. You were some kind of a like you were some kind of a memorabilia serial killer. You would kidnap the, the celebrity, a... have them sign their face, and then you would kill them and rip their face off and By the it. way, I like writing horror, and that's actually kind of the memorabilia killer. Yeah. You don't want to label you'd be labeled as a serial killer, like because then, you know, like let's say you're the hillside strangler. Right. Not the guy feels like he's got to kill everybody on the hillside. That's and he's got to strangle them. He's got to strangle them. What happens if yeah, he shoots like, somebody in the like, flatlands? I don't I just, I'm tired. I want to just you know put a you know yeah. bullet here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But so like you name some people uh, before you came on SNL. Who are you like really looking at? Well, I would tell you this. I was a big fan of uh, Albert Brooks, Andy Kaufman, and Steve Martin because they were each unique in their own way and so original. You didn't see other people doing stuff like them. You know, I love those guys. And then I came out here and I got to meet all of them. And two of them now are my friends. One of them is deceased, but I got to talk to him. And see, I was a bartender at the Improv for a couple of years back in, in 1980. So I got to see all these people come in and out and hang out. You know, Robin Williams. And they were and, nice to you? Always kind? Yeah, but they were all caught up in, in that world of comedy and, you know, the excitement of that. And there's a lot of coke flying around back then, too. So, um... You know, I, I asked Andy Coffin once out in front of the improv on Melrose. I said, um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, TM? Because I know he meditated, you know. So for a half hour, he talked about TM. Talk about listening. I didn't listen to anything he said. I was just looking at his face, the moles on his face as he was talking. And he was so into it. Yeah. Do you do TM? Yeah. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, am, I, I meditate intermittently. <clears throat> I, I feel like when I do... We do ITM, intermittent. Intermittent. Transcendental, Transcendental meditation. meditation. Yeah, yeah. 
That's exactly what I do. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, it's it's hard for me to be present. And when I am, I feel it. It feels good. It feels good to be like, because my mind does wander. I'm talking to someone. I hate it. Sometimes I'm just like, Shoo. and then I just, I drift away. Like you were saying, you were talking to Andy Kaufman. Like, I think you were so overwhelmed by this moment, right? You yeah. just couldn't think of anything. What, what, what will make you happy eventually? What, what will you look back and, and say, wow, I've done it. This is what I wanted. Family? God, a movie career. See how, turns, see how he throws that around on me. No, I'm just curious. I mean, look, who gives a shit at the end of the day? Like when it comes to that's what I'm I'm struggling with right now. I'm like, ah, you know, I acted. I did a good job. I made money. I I had fun. I think I'm I did. A, I'm good. I, I there's not like I don't think. Oh my god, I wasn't good. Or I I, I tried this. Right. I did this. I was whatever. I don't know if that's enough for me to go. Oh wow, that was a great life. I have to really enjoy it, and I'm not. I don't think I enjoy thing some things that did you say you're 47 six you're 46 yeah i'll be 47 but what i'm saying is i don't think i <laughs> i'm not sure i think people think assume i enjoy things i assumed you were like 33 or something come on that's not true. i did really swear to god yeah i swear to it just because of your behavior you know <laughs> <laughs> no no well, seriously yeah. but you're right no you carry yourself like you're you're, you're you you know you're Kind of like me, you know. You kind of dress younger, and yeah. You, I wish you, I was more like you. <laughs> I think you have your. Sh I think you have your shit together. I, whatever it is, you went through all these things. You worked them out. You have a mature way of looking at things. I think you had a, a good upbringing. I assume I did. I got very, really lucky there. Did your dad say, Kevin? I love you, Kevin. I'm proud of you, Kevin. That goalie was really good. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> uh, no, not really. He didn't do that, and I didn't really hear the "I love you" that much growing up. You know, but I knew it, but I knew it was there. I knew See, we had that love. Actions. You know? What what's missing in your life right now? See, this you is don't exactly feel like anything's missing. It becomes a therapy session for me. So it always, <laughs> but it always this is good. It always turns around. Because you're that kind of person that people you know want to help. I, I wish you'd help me. I wish you could mentor me. I, I think you you know enough that you've seen this before. You've seen this sort of behavior. Well, I see, you know, here's a guy forty seven. Six. <laughs> I'll be 47. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Sorry, you know, it's funny as I do it to I him all the time. I his... 47. That's why I keep saying Oh, is that so? Yeah. Oh. But you are in a, um, you know, you have a, a nice life. You got a lot of time for yourself. You collect stuff. This is your house, right? It is. You live here alone? Yeah, I'll own it in two years completely. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's nice. After you sell the memorabilia. <laughs> After I sell the memorabilia. But this yeah. is like, and then you kind of do what you want to do in life, right? I feel like I do for the most part. I, you know, I feel like I'm, I get guilty because my agents call, and it's a it's a good problem to have. But they're like, "Hey, this this is available. They want you to do this." And something happened the last few years where I don't know. It's like midlife crisis, maybe. Like I started a, a band. I have an album coming out in a what month. Do you play? I start. I, I play guitar and sing. Are you good? Uh, I, you know what? It's funny is I, I, if you would have asked me a year ago, I go, "Hey, you know, we just play in the basement. There's a bunch of friends. They don't even know what they're doing." And, after listening to the album, I'm like, yeah, I think we're pretty good. Nice. I, I like our music. I like it. Feels a little dated in a good way. What uh, when you play the guitar before the band? What cover songs would you play? They were awful. In fact, I was. We were, but we would play the you know some of the Cure. I'd play. Uh, uh, I, we would attempt Foreigner, which was a mistake. Lou Graham, don't fuck with that guy's voice. Yeah. You know, I just I could probably do the first verse, and then once he's like, I want to know. Just done. The song's done. Let's go to the next one. And you you play like lead guitar? 
Um, no, I'm a rhythm guitarist. Rhythm, yeah. So my friend Rob, who's the real musician of the band, he plays the lead guitar, but uh, I just keep the rhythm going. But I play upside down and backwards. Oh, nice. So but that's just the way I learned to play. But I, you know, I have, love... you, have you performed anywhere like out? Yeah, we played at the Troubadour. You did? We played three songs to open for a band, and I, it felt. Here's what my brother said. He didn't say you were good. He, after I got up, the... he's very honest with me. He didn't say, "Dude, you are so good. Your your voice is like an angel." Because it's not. it's not. I don't have a trained voice. I'm off key sometimes. I'm not yeah. like. But he did say this. I, I've never seen you have that much fun. Yeah. And that occurred to me that I, I said, even though I get scared and I'm like nervous and it's a new thing for me, I really love music. And my whole life I was like, God, man, I just can't do it because I don't sound like Adam Lambert. I don't sound like Glenn Fry. I don't. I can't play like Hendrix. I can't. Why should I even attempt? I was watching Chris <clears throat> Stapleton on TV. Yeah. Like, and I was watching him play guitar and singing. I'm like, why am I doing this? I know. But then you ask yourself, because you enjoy it. You know, I thought that when I saw Jay Leno at the improv when I first started. I thought, what am I doing? Or Robin Williams. I said, what am I doing here? You know? But with the music, you see a lot of actors like the Bacon Brothers and Dennis Quaid, yeah. Kevin Costner, Russell Crowe. Yeah. All those guys are, you know, they're living out their little dream. You know, they're, and there's I'm, nothing wrong with that. David Duchovny now. You know, he's got a, a band. Or he's you know singing. what I, do you notice that when actors get bands, it's always bluesy and... Some yeah. kind of weird fucking thing that's like, I don't even really, I mean, something that's just hard to be good at anyway. Yeah. And they attempt it. I think they're trying too hard. I'm not saying that we're better than them. I'm saying I play music that just comes to me, not based on whether people like it. I'm sure a lot of people do that. Yeah. But I think people are like, oh, you sound sort of like the Wallflowers meets, meets like the 70s with a little country in there. I'm like, great. Yeah. Doesn't sound current, really. I'm like, great. I don't care. But it's just, I'm not trying to do it for anybody. What do you play? You play banjo. I play the guitar. I play the five string banjo, and I'm learning the piano now. You won't stop, though. This. Well, why are you? Why, but why are you doing all this? Because I enjoy it. Does your back hurt right now? Um. No. No. I'm just trying to get comfortable. Can I help uh, you get comfortable? No. Isn't it? It's not the most comfortable. No. Couch. The couch is low. It's I, low. I'm really tall. But I have a lot of big pillows. You could prop yourself up there. Yeah, I could. Um, what's the magic balm for I see next to you? Uh, this is for my aches and pains. I'm going to give this to you because it's it's the H Hemp Company. And uh, I'm going to give this. Does it have this. CBD in it? Yes. Oh, I have some cream at home with that. This shit, I live live off it. Can yeah. you eat it? No, but it's for you. But listen, if you massage some of that on there within about a minute, you'll be like, holy shit, I feel really good. Yeah. How are you with blood? Uh, you know, I used to be fine. Now I just, when I'm, I'm, my doctor takes the blood for checkups and stuff, I don't look at it. I don't watch him do it. Yeah. Have you ever passed out with blood? With a needle or an No, IV? just getting that face mask, that mate, that life mask made. That's the only time you've passed out in your life. Yeah. But I, I've gotten queasy before when I've gone to the nurse to, uh, get, give blood or something. Oh, you know what made me queasy? What? Uh, one of these places where they show you the blood on the uh, screen, your little cells dancing around. You didn't like that. Oh, I almost passed out for that because I knew that was my blood. That's Ugh. what keeps me alive. Do you know the 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 uh, the museum they have? You're going to keep that. You have it. Really? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yours. I have so many. I'll give you back? two. I'll give you two of them if you want. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're hurting for sure, right? Oh, yeah. I have tons of that stuff. Breath spray I'll give you. I need that. They have like CBD breath spray. They have uh, some, uh, a t oh, I'll give you, remind me, a tincture. You know the tinctures? You know the drops. Yeah, I got those at home. Oh, I'm going to give you all three. Really? Of yeah, I'll give them to you. Why, why, why wouldn't I? So I want to help you. You're saying you want to help me. A few minutes ago, you said I want to help you. I do. What did you? By the way, see, this is the the. Do you know, the, there's some people that you just want to like help. Is that a good thing? It's like a lost dog. 
Is that a good thing? Like, it's like, I want to help him. Like, he's fucked. But you, you're not like, no, you, you. I'm not helpless. You're not helpless. You are. I, I have some friends that are just so needy. I don't know. Maybe you just look. I feel like you're searching. I am. You know what I mean? Maybe I need to go hiking with Kevin. You talk about meditation. That's a great meditation. I, I do so much thinking when I'm hiking alone, you know, or, yeah. or just get sad on a trail. Sometimes I'll just start crying on the trail. Until somebody comes along and then I'll smile like, hey, how's it going? And then back to crying. Yeah. Are you a crier? Yeah. Swear to God. Yeah. It's good uh, therapy. Do you? I don't cry a lot, but you know, I, a good, after a good cry, you know how good you feel? Do you ever cry in front of your son? No. Did your father ever cry in front of you? No. Is there a parallel there? Probably. I've never seen my father cry, but my stepmom said he was writhing in pain and crying because I think he had like a, a kidney stone or a UTI. But that's pain uh, crying. That was pain. Yeah, that's yeah, different, different than yeah. emotional. Yeah. You know, I've, um, I saw my father almost cry once when my grandmother was dying. And um, my, my son, I'll go to a movie with him. And if it's a sad movie, you know, animated, he'll look to me to see if I'm crying. He'll look really close in my eyes to see if I'm crying because he wants to see it. <laughs> he wants to see you cry. Yeah. Well, what happens if, what if you did cry? It would be fine. It's probably good if I do. You just you just haven't. I just haven't. Because my father was always like that anchor for us, you know, five kids. He was always strong and, you know, we never like questioned whether he was out of control about anything, you know. Was he drinker I think at all? No. No, no he'd have like, you know, he'd have, um, you know, a bourbon on the rocks or something if there's a party, but he wasn't a guy who came home and had a drink, you know. Yeah. Um, but he... Um, no, I, I had the best dad. I wished everybody could have had my dad and my mother. When did he pass? Uh, eight months ago. What? Oh, 10 months ago now. How old was he? He was only 92. I mean, that's fantastic, but that it, it doesn't make it any easier, does it? No, no. And you know the funny thing is when he died, I thought the world would stop. And when people are still going to work, I thought, what's going on? He made it easy for us, though. You know, he kind of got a little dementia. He still that's knew who we are. Has, yeah. Still knew us all. He just stopped adding to the conversation. He had trouble finding words. He slept a lot. Yeah, that's Get at the end, eat. that's what happens. You sleep a lot. And it's kind of like a slow, long goodbye. You know, where you kinda, he kind of, he let us get used to him being gone. That's what I'm going through with my grandfather. He's my best friend in the world. And he's, that's, and uh, it's like, it's almost like you're mourning slowly. Yeah. These slow mourning, instead of an abrupt mourning. It's right? exactly. And then when they finally pass, it's not like you're, you know, you're sad, but it's not like you're distraught because you were gradually saying goodbye. Yeah. What about your mom? My mom's 90 and she's hanging in there. That's so funny because my, not funny, ha ha, but. Hilarious. No, not hilarious. Not even hilarious. No, not even remotely. Not even my, my, humorous? Uh, no, no, not so much. No, Just okay. uh, so totally wrong. The area. opposite of those words. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, grandfather's 92 and he's going through that and my grandma's 90 and she's still driving and doing everything what? for him wow. and she has something. So it's kind of a similar, like she doesn't want him in a home. I'm taking care of him. I'm doing this. <sighs> she's and 90. it's getting to that point wow. where it's getting, it's getting rough. Have you been to Florida? That's where they are. Okay. Yes. You know the silver alert down there? What's the silver well, alert? Well, it's like an amber alert, only it's for older people that are senile and they drive <laughs> off in their car. It's true. They have a silver alert. Silver alert. Yeah. We got a Toyota Camry on the uh, 75. Instead of a ding, it's like Frank Sinatra comes on. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, yeah, I was really lucky with my parents. Yeah. And I'm not, um, just for the record, I'm not opposed to crying in front of my son. Yeah, you know, 
you, before again, you said you want to help me again. One of those people that you say I'm not needy, but back you, then I wanted to help you. Now not so much. Now not so much. No. But what is it I need help? You're with? not needy. You're just you. Tell me. You're, if you feel like you're the kind of guy who's searching, I know I oh, am. But looking. what am I searching for? I feel like a Chicago song. See, we've come full circle. Well, I think I've you know. I, you know, I haven't had time to uh, analyze you that much, but I mean, I think the way you collect all this memorabilia and and different. Come you know, back to that. Huh? Things that it kind of tells you a lot about somebody. What does it tell you? You're easily impressed. <laughs> Can I tell you something? You yeah. fucking nailed it. Is that right? Dude, I get I'm so excitable when someone gets me something. I'm like, oh my God. They're like, Michael, I love how you react when someone gets you a gift. Or when someone's I'm so I am like that. Don't you think I'm like excitable? Pretty I'm easy uh, to please. Yeah, I'm easy to please. Yeah. Just don't you fuck appreciate. me. I appreciate things. Yeah. Like if I meet somebody, I'm like, oh my God, you know, you were a wrestler in 85. Yeah. God. Who was the last person you met that, that you were just over the moon to meet and so excited? And Any kind of musician? Um, Have you ever met one of the Beatles? No. No? No. I'm friends with a lot of musicians like Steve Lukather, you know, from Toto, lead guitarist. Yeah. He's a good buddy. Richard Marks. Those yeah. guys were, you know, it was cool to meet them. I wasn't like blown away, like, you know, who blew me away? I mean, when I worked with Clint Eastwood, I was definitely over the moon. You worked with Clint Eastwood? Yeah, my first movie. And uh, I remember him What saying, was it? It was called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh, yeah. I was the gay kid being cross-examined. It's like an eight-minute scene. And I remember him just saying, Michael, if you do what you did in that audition, it was sensational. I'll be very happy. <laughs> that was his directing. And I just was like, yeah, I was like, you, well, you could fight. He, he honestly, I, eight pages of dialogue. And the only thing he said is like, maybe on this take, look, give a look to the jury. I'm like, that's all you want. I just and close one eye and close one eye. Just look at the jury. <laughs> kind of I remember whisper. he got upset with Kevin Spacey because Kevin was, um, Clint, do you want me going over there on the left behind John or in the front? I don't know if you want to go down to the crossy. I was like, I can't hear you. God damn it. I said, if you want to make a li-. He just was easily just upset with everything Kevin was asking him on the set. Isn't it crazy how old he is now and he's still directing? I can't even believe it. Well, the, the last uh, one was a little rough, but I wasn't. Loved it. it was. It was a little rough. I thought it was going to be was it called the Mule? I watch, the Mule. It was called right? The Mule. It was yeah. a good start. It was a good start. It was like that one with Robert what, Redford. Good 90? start. He's probably, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to say, no, because I worked with him. He's six, yeah, I'm going to say 87. 88. Hey, Rob's on it, man. I think you're having more fun than you did when we first started. False. I've been going downhill <laughs> since I got here. Did you, did, you, <laughs> did you, were you the one that said it now? A closer look at the story. Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite things ever. Is that right? It's subtle. It's dry. Saturday Night Live, Rob, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but when it, the golden years when I watched it were with Kevin Nealon. And, you know, when you were on 85, 86 to 94, 95, 95. Yeah. But he was the weekend update with Kevin, which he did from 90 to 94, I believe. It's funny as you're talking about this now, I'm going back to being in the van when they picked us up to go to SNL for the first time from our respective homes in the van with Victoria Jackson waiting to pick up, I think, Dana from his apartment and Jan Hooks was in the back. And it just feels like it was yesterday. And now you're just talking now. about now you're talking about the golden years. So there's a moment where he's just like, and now a closer look at the story, and they just zoom in on his face. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I must have watched it a hundred times. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I just watched uh, again one of my favorites. You weren't even. You were just in it. Uh, Adobe, the little car that's made out of clay. Right. You were just the guy looking so happy and young and youthful. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hans and Franz, which I, he, I guess he, you sort of knew about. Which I were, love the parody commercials. Nobody liked doing them because you had to drive out to like Hackensack, New Jersey or something. But they were locations. always funny. They were funny. You know, some of them funnier than others. I like the love, the love toilet. You know, I, <laughs> I sat down with uh, Victoria Jackson. And, um, Al Franken wrote that one. Um, Colon Blow was a good one. I didn't see the colon, colon blow. blow. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a serial that would type that in. We're going to watch that after colon blow. Yeah, colon blow. What was your favorite uh, personality on that show to do? Like, was Mister Subliminal definitely up there? You know, that was, that was good. Hans and Franz was good. I think um, Mister No Depth Perception I like doing. But the one I wrote a sketch, I think in my last season there, and I really liked this sketch. It could have been like a silent movie thing with Buster Keaton. It was, a, I, I call it the bathroom attendant. It was a bathroom attendant in a very small bathroom, just one toilet, no stall. And I was, you know, I had a tuxedo on and I was the bathroom attendant. And Harvey Keitel was hosting. He came in and he thought somebody was in the bathroom. I said, no, no, sir, I work here. You know, and he had to use the bathroom. And uh, so he reluctantly came in and I said, uh, will we be uh, number one today or dropping anchor? He said, we'll be dropping anchor. I said, fair enough, fair enough. You know, so... It was just a really awkward kind of fun That's sketch. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love potty humor. Are you a fart fan? Or are you just kind of potty humor, like that kind of stuff? I used to like? love that uh, video of that pastor. You Me know, that too. Televangelist. The, the, the expelling evangelist. Yeah, as he was walking. Type it in. He's like, yeah. I will tell the yeah. Lord, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did a, uh, a cut on a Sandler's album called The Hypnotist. Where I was trying to cure him of smoking, and I was the farting hypnotist. Oh yeah, that's that's that one of my fun. favorites. Oh yeah, because yeah, you talked about that on Stern recently. Yeah, and it was like every time he was trying to get really comfortable, you'd fart, or was yeah, it- but I wouldn't fart. It would, we would leave a space for the fart, and he would point to me every time there was supposed to be a fart. <laughs> you know, he just point. That's where we're going to put the fart in. You know, <laughs> See, is how uh, look. I love Adam. Adam is like you know. I, I did a movie that bombed Sorority Boys, but I remember the it came out and Adam came up to me. This is the kind of guy he is, like much like you. And he was like, "Hey, I Sorority Boys, you're really funny. I really like that movie. You're really funny." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's the first time I met him. I'm like, "You're Adam Sandler." I was like, "What? A, wow, you're so humble." And after I directed this little independent raunchy movie that I did, he called me. I goes, "When you say raunchy, you mean porn?" Uh, not that, but it was like Nick Swartzen and Harlan Williams and everybody was in it. Um, yeah. If I would have known you, I would have put you in there. I got a call and it's like, I got Adam Sandler for you. And I, no, you don't. Yeah, Adam Sandler. says, hey, Mike, how you doing, buddy? Hey, kids. Yeah. And he just starts going, hey, I, wanted, I, saw, I saw the trailer for your movie. I want to bring it in. I want to check it, check it out. Him and his wife watched. He called me in. We talked, set up a meeting with somebody else. Actually, one of the first times I met him, I was at the, uh, you know, not talk about Adam Sandler so much, but I was at the doctor's office and I was getting some coffee and uh, I was on the phone. I go, and I saw Adam again. I go, oh, hey. He's like, give me the phone. I'm like, what? It's my grandfather. He's like, give me the phone. He's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like 10 minutes, he's just talking to Irv, who's like 80 yeah, yeah, at yeah. that point. He's like, all right, yeah, this is Adam Sandler. It's not your grandson. He's over there, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, uh, Adam Sandler. He's like, yeah, Adam Sandler. I'm uh, in the entertainment world or whatever. He just like goes on and starts talking to my grandfather. Right. And right. I was just like, dude, this guy is, you hang out with him a lot, right? Not a lot, probably now. Right. But do, are these guys, I feel like his work ethic is, I hear like on set, it's like, how is he on set when he's direct? Because he directs in a way, doesn't he? I guess he does direct, but he's never the director. Mm-hmm. But he inputs a lot, you know, and uh, and they they the director will do what he wants done, you know. Of course, but yeah, he is kind of like that. It's that kind of a uh, yeah. I'm in my office, you know. We, it's not like yelling; it's just the way he is. It's just you know? the way he is. Yeah, like yeah. unhappy Gilmore. Will he will he, will he yell things at 
Yeah, or, yeah. You yell, yell from the director's chair or that area from the video tent. <laughs> like, what, Try what, the what, other way. No, no, don't, don't walk so fast. Does it intimidate you or are you just going no, with it? Not no, at all. Not at all. Like you enjoy it. It's just like we're, it's like a boys club. It's kind of like, you know, he's, you know, we've, we're just hanging out. We're, we've just finished playing basketball and, you know, just do this, you know, grab my, grab my bag, you know, whatever. It's so you don't take it personally. Yeah. I always yell. People yeah. think you're yelling, stop yelling. I'm like, no, I'm loud. You know, it's funny, you know, directing is really interesting um, occupation because you really, everybody's like waiting on you, to, you know, for your advice and stuff. And even on this hiking show I do, sometimes I'll, I'll hear myself, you know, as I play it back and I'm editing, I'll, I'll give them orders like, don't, don't stand so close to me, you know, or, or go over, go come up a little further so you're more in the camera. And I think, boy, I'm kind of mean. I got to be but a little you're nicer. Not. I know. You're just in the moment. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Can you say please, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. Go, 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 go over there. Go, yeah. go over there. No, no, no. Come Stop. back. Hey, come I back. Can yeah. See that light over there. You yeah. sound like a dick. <laughs> yeah. But you're exactly. not meaning. You're in the moment. Yeah. 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 Who had the who, like? If you think back, was there people on set like uh, that you've worked with? It, it could be SNL. It could be on Weeds. It could be in your life that you just remember always had sort of like a just a temper or an attitude or something. You were just like, God, that guy's just there's something going on. Were you just like, I don't like working with this person? I really don't like... Oh, Brando, yeah. <laughs> Brando, of course. There's got to be guest stars, like, you know, the guest host to come oh, in. Oh, yeah, like... everybody asks us who the worst guest host is. Oh, do but, they? But, because yeah. I know that what's-his-name said it was uh, 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 Bieber. Adrian Brody? No, Bieber. I heard was Oh, really I wasn't bad. there for that one. I'd say, you know, everybody's, like, terrified on that show that are hosting, and they become your best friends, and they want to be liked. So it's rare that they would... Um, Kind of make waves. Although it was Bronson Pinchot was on when I was there. Remember that? Bronson Pinchot? Do you know the actor? No. Oh, okay. He was on a TV series and movies. and But he would question, like, why would I walk over from the oven to the table? Oh. And we go, because it's a sketch. It's and it doesn't matter. <laughs> from Perfect Strangers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really talented it's guy. It's Balky, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Why don't you just say Balky? And some movies. Yeah, yeah, he was in uh, the Eddie Cop. Murphy movie. Yeah, Beverly Hills yeah, Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know the name though. Right. Are you good with names? Have you known people for a long time and you don't really know what their name is, Sometimes. like on the set, like the cameraman or something? Yeah, I'm usually see. That's probably one of my problems. I always want to please, so I try to learn everybody's name. I'm one of those actors that go, "Hey, Rob. Hey, John. Second AC. Yeah. Hey, Dick. Do you or do you stay away from that?" I try to remember their names, but I'm not good. And then once after it's past a certain time period, you can't ask them what their name is. Yeah, you just have you got to take their wallet and go through it when they're not looking. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> What's the most fun you've ever had in terms of like work? The Tonight Show, the first Tonight Show. I the did. first time with Johnny, Johnny Carson. Carson. Yeah, that was the most exciting, and uh, nothing has surpassed that. So at this point. Isn't that sort of hard to deal with, like in terms of life? It's like, okay, this is the best thing, and nothing's ever reached that again. It's almost like when you do uh, well, ecstasy the first time or something. Not that I've done that. After uh, SNL, I, I I thought to myself, would anything ever kind of supersede this? You know, would, would anything be better than this? And um, nothing was for a while. And then Weeds came along, and yeah. I thought, this is now this is cool in a different way. Yeah, I like this. You know, but that's the great thing. There's about this business, why a lot of people don't quit is you don't know what's coming around the corner. See, that's why you're always creating. That's why you don't stop because you want that next thing. Also, you know, the best advice I'd give somebody starting out is don't wait for people to come to you. You got to create your own stuff. That's which is a lot easier now too, with all the platforms yeah. and all the technology. Yeah. You know, you can take a cell phone and make a short movie. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's hard. There's no excuse now for someone just sitting home going, oh, this isn't working out for me. Yeah. You know? I think that's what most people in Hollywood say. Like, oh, I'm writing the script. I'm writing this, directing this movie. I'm like, I didn't want to be that guy. So I said, I'm going to direct a movie. I don't care. I'm going to make this movie. I said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. You know, I, I think that's what I'm going through now is I'm trying to do like, you know, I always wanted to do stand up and I let fear get in the way. Is there anything you won't do besides porn? <laughs> um, I won't skydive. I won't either. No. Rob? No, I won't skydive. I mean, I would if I had, if I had to jump out of a plane that was crashing. I would. Yeah, so that's different. That's survival. Yeah. Uh, but um, I wouldn't, um, you know, be mean to somebody. Unless it was on camera. Unless they needed to... They really needed it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you go on stage? It varies. You know, when I'm doing this show, I'm on a sitcom with Matt LeBlanc called Man With A Plan yeah. on Monday nights. When we're shooting that, I get out maybe once a week. And when I'm not shooting that, maybe twice a week in town. And then I just stay home the other nights, unless I'm traveling. Like this week, I'm going skiing. Tomorrow, I'm going skiing. With the sun. To Utah. With the 12-year-old. Yeah. Maybe you'll cry. Maybe. Maybe this is the week you'll cry. And then I'll come home for an afternoon, and then I go to New York to we, do The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and to do Caroline's. Caroline's. Yeah. And then so and then I'm back the following week. So I'm always kind of doing stand-up. That's a pretty incredible life. I mean, you're 65. You don't look good. Yeah. But 65, and you're doing all this shit. Are you claustrophobic still? No. Not at all? No. You could put me in a grave and bury me and leave me there That's for three bullshit. years. And I'd still <laughs> and be fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing scares you. Nothing. You have no, no, I didn't say that. I get scared a lot. The boogeyman scares me. <laughs> the boogeyman. Yeah. Do you still have? Do you have nightmares ever? Do you dream no. a lot? You know, uh, I do dream a lot. Yeah. But what do you dream nightmares. of? Um, just going places, flying a lot. I'm in an airplane a lot, an airliner going over a city street through buildings. Really? Yeah. I've done that where we're actually the plane is going through, like driving, right? Not on the ground. We're about maybe taking off and we're not getting altitude and we're just staying at a certain level going through the streets and missing telephone poles and wires, you know, because I fly a lot and I think about, you know, it's probably in my head, but, um, get back to you. Where, <laughs> where do you think, uh, you'll be in like, uh, when you're 75, 80, what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be done with this business or no, do you want to still like create? Yeah. Do you want to be one of those guys? Who's the guy who passed away recently? Very funny comedian. Don Rickles, yeah, who's in Vegas at 90 years old or whatever. Do you want to be that guy? I don't know if I want to be in Vegas when I'm that, but I don't want to be working on the road when I'm that age, unless I'm enjoying it. And our business, we don't really retire because we like doing it. And we, you know, we keep working and it's fun. What do your wife and you do for fun? Do you go out to dinner a lot? Do you keep it romantic? We don't go out to dinner a lot, but we should. We need to do that more. What we do you travel. do to keep it? We travel, travel to Europe every summer. Is she going skiing or just you and your son? Just me and my son. Right. Does she she's have the girls? Cold. She goes out with the girls? Um, occasionally. She's more of a homebody. She likes to read. This has been a real treat. Did you enjoy this, Rob? Because, I mean, it's not that you weren't a big Kevin Nealon fan. Rob, you have just... you ever heard of me? Yeah. You have? I've shot photos of you before. You what? I've shot photos of you before. That's right. You have. Did you remember that? And I watched Kevin? Weeds. Kevin, do you remember him shooting photos of you? I don't remember him particularly, but I remember there was a time somebody was taking pictures of me. <laughs> you, there, uh, you looked at him. He says, I took pictures of you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like you had any fucking clue that he took pictures of you. Where was it again? Uh, it was at UCB on Sunset. It was only like a year ago. Yeah, I don't remember anything after a month. Do you have a funny? Do you have a funniest joke you've ever told? One of those. No, but I heard a joke the other day that made me laugh Let's a lot. The, you, a real, I, first of all, I don't tell a lot of jokes. I used to tell jokes when I was a kid. And now I realize how annoying it is for somebody who likes to tell. Have you heard this one? How about this one? You know? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's hitchhiking. 
and uh, he gets he picked up, and uh, the hitchhiker goes to the driver. It's really nice of you to pick me up, but it's kind of risky, isn't it, picking up hitchhikers? How do you know I'm not a serial killer? And the driver looks at him. He goes, "What are the odds of two serial killers being in the car at the same time?" <laughs> <laughs> that's that good. That's really good. Short, you know. Short. You're not sweet. taking up a lot of the no. person's time telling him this long no. joke. Did you Did you see the uh, Gilbert Godfrey documentary? No. Uh, did he die? I, I, no, but I, that's what usually happens. <laughs> yeah. right? There's a documentary. Like, oh my god, that ever. No, but he does this this joke, and it was it wasn't even. I don't know why I laughed because maybe I'm Jewish, but this Jewish grandmother and the. Uh, her grandson, they're at the beach, and the grandson goes out in the water, and he's just like drowning or whatever. Yeah. So Gilbert tells the story. He's like, and the child's drowning, and the grandmother's screaming a face off, and this guy goes out in the water, and he and he beats off a shark. He doesn't actually beat off a shark, but he beats the shark, and he goes around, and he grabs the child, and he swims. 10 miles in and he puts the child he does CPR and everybody's clapping and the grandmother comes over and says he had a hat (laughs) I don't know why but it fucking killed me yeah yeah I love Gilbert Gottfried I mean I love that joke yeah that's a good joke (laughs) that yeah that one's been around for a while have you been in trouble have you been in trouble ever you said something politically incorrect or you got the heat or you said something and people booed you or oh not really no. no, no, I haven't been. You don't get political, I, really, do you? I get scared. You know, I have a drone. I fly a drone uh, for my hiking show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I assume that it's illegal everywhere. You know, so when I go on a trail, I, I really do it in a really discreet way. You know, I hide in the bushes and I'll send it up and, you know. And, Wait, you control the drone? Yeah. You don't have like a crew? I thought. No. It's, it's just, just you? Yeah. But <clears throat> sometimes I, like a, a helicopter will fly by and I think, oh, I'm busted. And I'll get like really like weak in the knees, you know. Like, You'll think oh, you're going to get arrested or in I'm trouble get for fined this. or arrested every time. Well, it doesn't happen a lot, but like I was in Griffith Park once, and there was some helicopters, like one helicopter, like you know, maybe a mile away. You know, and I thought, oh, they got some kind of device. They could pick up drones, and they got a heat-seeking kind of a radar thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but no, do you get paid for these hiking with Kevin? Um, well, there's monetized on YouTube. So like over a year, you get maybe $1,500. Because I think it's really funny. And I'm like, why isn't this? This is something you guys got to watch. You should go on his Instagram. I just, I, I think they're hilarious. What's well, on my YouTube channel now? And YouTube channel now. Yeah, right? it's, uh, yeah, it's YouTube.com forward slash Kevin Neal and comedy or, you know, hashtag hiking with Kevin. They're just a but blast. I've been, having a, I've been having so much fun doing these things. Then I go home and I edit them. I love to edit. Yeah. And uh, and then I got the drone, you know. I'm learning more about YouTube, how to make a YouTube channel sing, you know, how to make it really. Tell tell me, I don't yeah. know. I don't well, know I'll tell you, that. man. There's a lot of little tricks. <laughs> a lot of tricks. I didn't want to learn about that. I just wanted to create content, but now you got to learn about all that. Do your friends love going like on the show? They're like, yeah, I'll go. I'll do it. Are they all up for um, it? Or... Some of them I've been like after for a long time to do it. Like who's the guy you've been always calling? Like, come on. Well, Hillary Swank's a friend of mine. And she promised me to do this hike for like a year and a half. And today we're finally doing it. You're doing it today? Yeah. yeah. With Hillary Swank. Uh-huh. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's great. What a talent. So talented. Who's the, uh, some of the other actors you had? You had Dana Carvey, you had David Spade. Uh, yeah. I've done about 50 hikes. I've had everyone from, you know, Conan, Adam Sandler, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, Owen Wilson. Um, you just email them. Tiffany Haddish. 
what I did was I went through my friends first that I knew and got them. And then um, I started going through publicists. Oh, you do the publicist now. Kevin Nealon has a show. Yeah. I send them my whole thing. I send them like... You know, maybe I I should do that too. You know what you do? You got to put the people that have been on your show because that's what I know as an actor. If somebody says, hey, will you come and do my show? These are the people that have done it. That kind of helps. Well, I did, I, did I do that with you? I don't even think I did that. I think no, you just said yes. I didn't even care. You didn't care. You were see you're that kind I knew of you needed help. You needed so help. I, I swear to God, you beat me to it. <laughs> I needed help. Well, look, it's look, th- look. This has been a real treeping in, inside of you today. Look, um, this is what politicians say before they say look. something. Look, look. The Congress has been, you know, look, listen, <laughs> look. What, should I look or should I listen? <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Was it Seinfeld? He was, I, I forgot what it was. He was on it was some documentary or whatever, but he goes, why do people always do that? Why do they say, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Well, you don't have to start with that. You're going to tell me anyway. That's right. This is the thing. <laughs> All right. Just say the thing. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a real treat. Have you had fun? It's been fun. Just even to see your house. Yeah. Well, I didn't even show you the rest of it. I'll show you. Oh, I got more toys and sign so shit great. if you want to see it. But look, if you run out of guests on your show, on your hiking show. Yeah. If you ever run out of guests. I'll never run out of guests. And by, let, me, let me know. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'll promote it on here. I'll say, hey. That'd be awesome. I'm going to get to everybody. I have a lot I, of comedian I, friends. Eventually, no matter when it is, I'm in. Yeah, you're going to be wanna... in. I'm getting everybody, man. I first, What I'm doing first is try to get some like these major icons on, you know, to help me grab some attention. And then I just oh, work that, down. That's what I'm doing. I'll get to you like maybe in a couple of years. Sure. Whenever, <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It means that I want you to help me as much as you can. Just you're just so likable. You want to be. You want to help you, even if you don't need help. You just can I get you something? Can I? What can I do? I appreciate that. Yeah. So what's coming up that people can go look at you? Hiking with Kevin on YouTube. And you're you're still touring. You're still doing touring. Yeah, they go to my website kevinneilan.com. You can see my touring uh, schedule yeah. there. Wow, this has been great. That's it. I don't. I really, All right, thank else. you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.